You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Hey crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Command Sharia. Today, let's discuss a little bit about uh, everyday awareness, a warrior awareness. And let's say we're going to steal a concept uh, from uh, Plains Warriorship, Indigenous Warriorship, and uh, apply it to uh, our everyday life. So we're going to talk about the concept of the killing hand. Cool name, huh? All right, there's a 90% chance that you, dear listener, are right-handed. Left-handedness has an approximate 10% distribution in human populations. So all you 10% of lefties out there listening, appreciate it. Some research shows there's an approximate 30% of us who delegate tasks between hands, so uh, we call this ambidexterity. But if we dig deeper in this mixed-handedness, the research shows this is not even true even-handedness, meaning this 30% still shows a hand preference on fine motor skills. Uh, so, for example, we may have, uh, even though we do fairly well with switching off, we still find there's a tendency once we get down the nitty-gritty or stresses on, we're going to have a, a dominant hand. Now, disclosure, how this kind of can mix up in the individual. Like, I am a righty who boxes southpaw. I sign my name with my right hand, and I, and I work the buoy and tomahawk with the right side, but I find my left hand's more facile in gun work. I mean, I'm in that 30% twilight zone, but when confronted with a new task or, or skills deteriorate under stress drills, etc., stream cold and all that, every time I put it through the outer limit stress, stress test, right hand dominance manifests more and more starkly. So keep in mind, ambidexterity is not a true 50-50 uh, proposition. So, for my boxing brethren out there, even the ambidextrous, marvelous Marvin Hagler was not truly so. When it hits the fan, we see him shift right to that preferred side immediately. Now, for our combat purposes today, let's look to a skill that was part and parcel of our indigenous warrior uh, uh, ability and is still a large part of awareness for today's law enforcement and wise civilian operators. The ability to spot Pichari Mobi, uh, which is the Comanche for the ability, the ability to see the killing hand. Now, the killing hand is the hand that will most likely wield the weapon with utmost facility. This is the hand that will flick into the face with the greatest speed. This is the hand likely to be wound up in the uneducated haymaker when you're facing someone down. It's also the hand that indicates the side of the body will show the greatest facility and likely tendency, even in grappling and scuffling once an altercation hits the ground. Often, whenever we're training grapplers, if they're just going for the straight sportive aspect, we treat them, uh, train them to pass to offsides because there's a <laughs> if you treat them to go to the offside. Uh, a lot of people are great about defending on their good side. People have a tendency to pass to one side more than another, so you're, you're trying to change this up. People definitely show a preference, whether it's in the vertical or horizontal environments. Now, this is really more or less about you training your handedness here. You have to just accept uh, that that's what you've got. Don't try and kibosh uh, nature and nurture and uh, do too much work off on the other side. You want to just um, uh, assume the scuffle is going to be short-lived and uh, just make sure what you got is great and good to go and uh, not, you know, spend more time working 
you know, looking for some, you're thinking you're going to smooth this out into ambidexterity and maybe just steal it away uh, precious training hours. This is more about awareness of how other people move. You want to be able to spot their handedness at a glance. I mean, you can do this every time you're out. I mean, I do this all the time at stores, not from a, you know, level of Oliver Stone paranoia. Just, you, it's just easy to see what you're doing. You know, this hand's here, this hand's here. This is the one that's going to flick. This is the one that's going to reach for the weapon. Uh, and by the, t- the time you follow that down, you see who's carrying and who's not. Good warriors were expected to train themselves to spot handedness at a glance. And this was not merely in humans. Other species show left and right preferences with almost the same 90 to 10% distribution. A good warrior would watch which hoof the Mustang is scratching the ground with to know which is most likely to strike in a four-foot strike. And the good horseman can make a better approach to the offside. Hell, even our dogs and cats have it. Try this. Toss a toy to your dog and or your cat and watch uh, watch which paw performs most of the pinning work. And you have now read the left or right dominance. And if your animal should ever turn feral in the coming domestic pet zombie apocalypse, you have a better strategy as to which side is the offside for corralling and approaching for the killing shot. Now, as for reading human-handedness, whenever anyone walks anywhere with anything in their hand, they tell us what they value. Okay, this is not about handedness. We're talking about value. It may not be the dominant hand itself doing the carrying, but we are getting a read on value, more on hand and value in just a moment. The flip side of the killing hand was hiding your killing hand. That's back to what you and I are looking for. We're looking to be able to see killing hands. We're also looking at hiding your healing, uh, uh, killing hand. In a sense, it's even before any scrum is ever on. We're, letting, uh, we're trying to make sure people don't know which one's going to be doing the job. Many, many, many warrior traditions ask that you carry nothing in your hands that is not a weapon, a tool, or a loved one. Meaning if we're going on any walk, I don't care if it's from the, uh, or walking through the mountains, the Red Canyon land, uh, we're on a stalk, or we're just walking from here to there trying to get to the store. Uh, if it wasn't a weapon in the hand, which for the most part it's not going to be, or a tool you're getting ready to use, or you're carrying an infant, or holding the hand of a loved one, you put nothing in your hand. And it's not your car key, it's nothing. Carrying anything else showed weakness, insecurity, and tipped your hand, so to speak. Again, that's uh, the, the, the culture of that, of that warriorship. The lessons in modern context would uh, dictate that modern men and women who consider themselves warriors should walk with nothing in their hands, ready to face whatever is out there. I don't care if it's a trip to the grocery store. The only things that should be in your hands are a tool you're getting ready to use, a shopping cart, count, a weapon at the ready, only in dire times, of course, or hunting, the hand of a loved one, or the burden uh, you're carrying uh, to a car for someone else. So I'm just talking walking around with an ever-present phone in your hand, what have you, no-go. And this also really stands out in uh, everyday uh, movement and practice. We know in long-range treks, when we have people on trails, when they carry something in their hand, they wind up fending off of the other side. And this, uh, if anyone ever goes off trail, you can actually start predicting which side they're going to get lost to by this slow deviation from one side to the other. It becomes less of a random walk into something a bit more predictable from the people searching for you, while the person who got lost had no idea they were kind of self-inflicting uh, this hardship. And also by always carrying something in the hand, there's actually a chance to start throwing off how you approach and move things. I'm not talking about you're carrying something under your load. It's not like you're walking around with a kettlebell pulling your, your spinal structure out. Let's just know to what side you're going to have some sort of uh, deviation in your, your structure, even down to Trindlenburg syndrome. Yeah, getting into the weeds here, but it's, there's a lot of good research that says, yeah, keep things in your hands unless you're getting ready to use it. Anything else in a warrior's hands, and we're talking warriors now, not standard population, was a security blanket. It tells a story of dependence. If it's a phone in the hand and it's not being used at the time, well, we have a story of dependence. If we feel the need to travel with an item in our hands, we are signaling that we need it. The warrior tradition asks us to look at what we hold and question our relationship with it.
this is a non-PC observation here. Uh, women are the <clears throat> more attractive half of our species, at least that's according to my uh, uh, observation that uh, women uh, are curves. Women, men respond to curves. Women respond to curves as, w- uh, uh, curves as well. Uh, the women dress for curves, whether that be accenting curves or uh, you consider of good advertising value or de-accenting uh, curves that you see as detriment. It's about sleeking up the curves. No woman would buy jeans that makes her posterior look boxy. They would be select. Uh, they would be selected from the rack, tried on, glanced in the mirror, and re-racked ASAP. And yet there is zero compunction for many about throwing that boxy phone to the back pocket and throwing off the curvature. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because uh, it seems that uh, the studies have showed this signals the phone is valued over the presentation. That's an important concept to keep in mind. That signals something pretty significant. It signals that you are going to be dealing with that phone. So watch for this phone in pocket signal and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Let's get back to handedness signals now. A few fairly hard rules for detecting handedness. One, the presence of a firearm on hip and butt positioning. That's a rather obvious tell. We can say that's uh, how the firearm is positioned. lets us know uh, which hand is uh, is positioned for a particular hand to get easy access to. Uh, Which front pocket? Carries keys is a fairly certain for men. Look for the bulge, uh, key bulge in the dominant side pocket. Usually uh, right-handed men will put them down there in that right pocket there. Women primarily carry purses over the non-dominant shoulder, so the dominant hand can pry into the extracted contents. So, for example, if the woman is right-handed, she might throw the purse over the left shoulder. Right hand is the, uh, the, the digging around. Men usually place their billfolds in the non-dominant back pocket, so the non-dominant hand can remove the billfold, and the dominant hand can pluck out its contents to make the payment. Now, phones in rear pockets of either gender, often the same rules as billfold. It will be the non-dominant side, and you pull out non-dominant pockets, so extraction can be done with the non-dominant hand. The dominant hand can swipe, poke, and prod to its contents. Not a hard, fast rule. Uh, the studies are still being done on it, but right now it seems to be hold more often than not. The hand that reaches for an item more often than not is as uh, a useful sign as watching your pet pin a toy to the ground. Uh, so when we're in the everyday world, like, um, when we're talking about here, it's just not the items in the body. If someone is uh, at the store and they're reaching out for that pack of gum or whatever, that hand is usually the one that you would have to look for. Uh, an infant being carried is often in the non-dominant arm, so the dominant hand can attend to the child with finesse. Sure, there's going to be occasional shifts here, but for the most part, we uh, throw it in the non- uh, non-dominant arm. Th- th- these few right here I'm talking about should get you going. I'm not talking about you should carry these rules around and say, ah, this is what he said to look for. No, it just means we start opening opening of our eyes and noticing so we can see. And before long, you go, oh, this is the dominant side. This is what they're going to use. Now, here's your assignment. If you're really interested in kind of uh, honing uh, this one aspect of uh, warrior well, uh, awareness. And there's so many of these out there. We're just trying to make sure we're alive and awake and see the world all the time. And at a glance, read these things where, you know, we often watch, you know, Sherlock Holmes. And isn't that amazing? Well, hell, you can do it, too. For the next week, attempt to mentally call the killing hand of any and all you see. Just, you can just send in your mind, say right, left, left, right, whatever. With a little bit of practice, it becomes second nature, and you can wander a crowded public square uh, with the mental tally running up right, right, left, right. Could be left. No, right. He just stopped to tie a shoe, giving me a definite right signal. You know, on and on. Also, for the next week, each time you place something in your hand, I want you to consider your relationship with it. Is it a tool for immediate use? Is it an interaction with a loved one? Or is it a dependency gesture that gives away your own killing hand easily to other wide awake and wide open warriors there? So there's your assignment, a way to observe others and always, uh, almost always just as important, observe yourself. See what you got, see what your tells are. 
I'll put a link in these little notes here so you can have a look at a text version of this. That way, in case you've forgotten what this, all the drills are, some of the tells are, you can have a look at that. And, of course, I would direct you uh, to, uh, further, to, of course, to this podcast. Like, share, subscribe, support. Man, that kind of thing helps. Oh, I'll head you over to the Indigenous Ability blog for thousands of pages of such stuff. And if we just want to get down to drilling and doing the actual combat applications, of course, uh, head over to ExtremeSelfProtection.com and also have a look at our black box subscription program so you don't have to make any choices about what to train each and every month. Boom, comes right to your mailbox and say, here you go. Here's what we're working on right now. Take care of yourself, crew. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, ExtremeSelfProtection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>